Hi, this is Cindy Godwin, pastor of Summit Church, and this is our chosen podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope this inspires you. I hope that it helps build up your faith and remind you that God has chosen you and set you apart for His purpose. Enjoy the message. This is session four. So we have two more sessions after this, and then we'll go right into session two, which is honestly one of my very favorite times because it's just so chilled and laid back, and you come in your bathing suit and leave for the beach right afterwards. I want to begin by reading this word to you. She has become, I don't personally know her, but she's become one of my favorite voices because Literally, I will pray something, and within a day or two, she will come out with a prophetic word that is almost identical to what I prayed. And her name is Lorelai Cooley, and this came out this past Saturday, June the 18th. There is unprecedented change that is here. Change that you never thought would even happen is here. The Lord is changing your current reality to accommodate what he has spoken and what he has promised to you. You are on the very verge of seeing the most unexplainable and undeniable demonstrations of his power. He is moving right now to bring you from being on the sidelines of waiting to walking into the true fulfillment of what he has spoken. He is clearing away, removing the clutter and the confusion, the trauma, the despair, and bringing you into completeness and fulfillment of his word. You should be cheering by now. He is bringing you out of the place of toiling and battling over the promise to now seeing his word come to pass. In the moment that he brings to pass what he says, you will say, The Lord did what he said he was going to do and just the way he told me he would do it. Nothing that he has spoken to you will be left unturned. I mean, my comment, how fun is that? We're going to have to believe God for new things. The atmosphere is so weighty with the manifestation of what he has spoken that expectancy is more evident now than it has ever been any other season that you have ever walked through. This is your season to see all the things he has spoken to you come to pass. If you believe it, say amen. I believe it. All right, let's make a decree today. If you'll look at the screen and let's say it all together. Someday, here we go. I decree this will be my double portion year. I receive a new mantle for this new day. I take off the old mantle of limitation and fear, and instead I activate courage to step into the supernatural in a brand new way. I will stay focused to receive fresh dunamis power from the Holy Spirit within me. I stir up my most holy faith, Miracles are my portion. Signs and wonders are my way of life. I receive greater authority to represent you and your kingdom to the world around me. I receive my double portion of blessing and increase in every area. This will be my year of breakthrough in 2022. 
Amen. Amen, amen. Okay, so last week we talked about the love walk. If you think I talk fast, you ain't seen nothing yet. Because I have a lot to get through, and I don't want to miss one beat. And I'm going to tell you two powerful stories. I believe they're powerful. To show you that the miraculous power, the dunamis power, which means miraculous power, that you and I have been delegated Delegated authority, exousias, to walk into that very power can be our everyday way of life. I know we all want our magic wands. I used to have one, and, you know, I would do, do this, and it would go, bring, and then my granddaughter took it, so I don't have it anymore. And I'm going to have to get another one. But we think God is our fairy godmother, and that he's going to sing bippity-boppity-boop, and it's going to happen. But honestly, if you are walking in him, if you are walking in love, and we saw last week, if you're not walking in love, you just might as well forget it. Because I can't think of too many things worse than God calling me a useless nobody. But he said, I can have all the power, all the faith to move mountains, give my body to be burned, give all that I have to feed the poor. But without love, I am a useless nobody. And love is not a feeling. I mean, it is. Phileo love is a feeling. Stergo love is a feeling. Ergos love is a, or eros, whatever it is, is a passion, a feeling, a passion. But agape love is an action. So I gave you some tips on taking the love test. I'm not going to go through the whole thing again. But we do know 2 Timothy 1.7 says that God has given not, he has not, this is what God has not given us, a spirit of fear. But he has given us a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. That word Greek word power is dunamis. The Greek word love is agape. And the Greek word sound mind, oh, this is so, so good. It literally means a safe mind or a mind of self-control. You know, when we say, oh, my mind's going all over the place. Oh, there's so much traffic. Well, if there's a lot of traffic in your mind, you're eventually going to have a head-on collision with yourself, right? But a sound mind is a self-controlled mind. It is a mind that takes every thought captive to obey Jesus Christ, who is the Word. I put on my tetelestai bracelet today. That has the Greek word tetelestai. When Jesus cried out with a loud voice, it is finished, it was tetelestai. It is a legal term, and it means it's done. It's the judge has granted, gavel down, not guilty. Love it. I love it. So I thought I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to remind, remind myself all day, if you keep with, up with Lana Vosser, and I do, uh, her last word was so significant that I decided to do it. It came out on Sunday. For those of you who didn't read it, I'm just going to give you a, a short version. It said, this week... The week of June 19th, which we're in, is the week to pray and push, pray and push, pray and push, pray and push. I think I counted 12 or 13 times that she said, pray and push, pray and push, push through to that promise. And that's what I've been doing. I mean, I have been making my whole day, my whole evening, days of praying, praying in the spirit, declaring, thanking, praising, speaking the word of God out, pray and push. If God says to pray and push, that means... How many of you have ever pushed out a baby? And guess what? When it's time to push, do you say, you know, I just don't feel like it. I think I'll go home. We did, right? I mean, we all said, I don't want to do this. 
Pray and push. Pray and push. It's time to push. That might involve a little bit of discomfort. But come on, breathe. Breathe. Just don't stop breathing. Take deep breaths. Pray and push. Pray and push. So God has given us a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. I woke up on June 17th, and he always awakens my ear to hear as a disciple. I listen till I hear him. There's times I say, God, I am not getting out of bed until I hear your voice. And sometimes I start hearing his voice before I'm even awake. And it, it will just be like a, a, uh, the old-fashioned audio cassettes on repeat, where it just repeats and repeats and repeats. And so on June 18th, 17th, I kept hearing reset, reset. And I know that's a real popular word today in the body of Christ. Everybody says we're in a divine reset. But I decided to look up the word. And that word reset means to set again, to set differently, and to renew. So he is setting us differently. So maybe the course you've been on has been a collision course. And God is taking you off that collision course and putting you on his course, his plan, his purpose. Praise God. Get off of your collision course because you will crash. And get on the course of power, love, and a sound mind. You know, I hear people say, oh, I've struggled. I beg God to do this. I beg God to take it away from me. Well, number one, in the first place, your first problem is you're begging. No, what did Barnabas do? He cast off his beggar's garment because he knew he wasn't going to have to beg anymore. The Bible says, Hebrews 4, 16, come boldly to the throne of grace to receive grace and mercy to help you in your time of need. Boldly. In Ephesians, it says we're to come like kings. We'll talk about this next week because we have been granted access, bold access to the Father. So am I ever tempted to beg? Oh, yeah. But I stop myself. I'm not a beggar. I'm royalty, according to the word of God. So how do you walk in love? A quick review is I make a choice. It's not a feeling. Agape love is not a feeling. So I want to be impatient. How many of you ever want to be impatient? I want to snap. I want to just wring my hands and wring your hands and get fed up. Love is patient. No, I will not do it. I will not yield to that feeling of frustration and irritation. Love is kind. Oh, I don't want anybody to bother me today. I'm going to read you a powerful testimony that just happened with my sister the other day. Where she didn't want anybody bothering her. But because she showed kindness, God spoke to her. Love is kind. You don't feel like it, but you're useful and helpful anyway. You know, I'm not tall, tall. I'm 5'5". Five, five. I guess that would be average. But, you know, I always see people that are less tall than me. I always wanted to be 5'1", but then I had someone who was 5'1 tell me it's an insult to call a person short. So you're not short. You're just less tall, but I always wanted to be 5'1". And, but I see people that, and I understand that it's hard to hire people these days and nobody wants to work, which I find very unfortunate, but I have news for you. The Bible says if you don't work, you shouldn't eat. And so the people that loiter on street corners... And I will admit there are times where I see someone is really crippled and I will give them money, at least enough to buy lunch. I know it's against the law. I haven't gotten arrested yet. But I, have a, I had a former chief of police tell me that they make an average of $35 an hour. So I need to change jobs. <laughs> Not really. But, you know, be useful, be helpful. You want to snap and you want to be touchy. 
fretful. You want to resent, but no, love is not touchy, fretful, or resentful, so I choose not to be. I choose to, I choose to put on love and be kind and to be sweet and to be pleasant. I want to be selfish, but love is not selfish. I want to keep score. I didn't deserve that. I didn't sow that. Why am I reaping it? Oh, no, love doesn't keep score. So I choose to tear up the scorecard. Do you understand? I don't feel it ever. I read you Corey Ten Boom's story until she reached out her hand and took that guard that had persecuted her and her sister and caused the death of her sister until she did what she could. She reached out her hand, and when she did, if you remember the story, she felt the power of God start in her hand and go all the way up her, and the love of God came forth. But first she had to act on it. Once you act on it, the feeling will come, but love is not a, God's love is not a feeling. Ephesians 3, 16 through 18, the apostle Paul prayed that God would grant us out of the rich treasury of his glory to be strengthened and reinforced with mighty power, dunamis in our inner man, that we would have the, we would be rooted deep in love, founded securely on love, and have the power to grasp the length and height and breadth and depth of God's love. You see, the power is in his love. There was a song called The Power of His Love. I don't remember. Was that, uh, was that Hillsong, Power of His Love, Delinda? Was it? Kelly, you just walked in. Kelly, yes. do, don't look. She's late. <laughs> Kelly, is The Power of His Love Hillsong? Do you remember? Yeah? But it was called The Power of His Love. If you haven't heard it, it still really touches me to the core. It's a beautiful song. But I will soar with you. My, your spirit leads me on in the power of his love. So the power in God is the power of his love. Ephesians 1.19, I pray you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. This is the same mighty dunamis power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Ephesians 2.6 says we are seated with Christ. That same resurrection power is in us. What's wrong with us? What's wrong with us? Why aren't we seeing it? Well, we're not yielding to it. It's the only reason. There's no other reason. God is not withholding his love from you or me. He's not withholding his power. So if you're begging God, take this away from me. God said, well, I already did. Tetelestai. I already took it away from you. What are you doing? Because here's the truth, and I've been studying this a lot. Excuse me, I need water. Thank you, Lewis and Didi. Been studying a lot of the miracles. Continue to study that. And you know what I have found so often? In fact, if I think about it, I'm going on vacation, so I may not think about it. I may not even think about you. <laughs> In fact, I might turn off my phone. Now, I'll continue in prayer. But, but the truth is, the honest truth is that the majority of times when Jesus did a miracle, he told them one word, go. Go your way, your faith has saved you. Go your way, your faith has made you whole. Go your way. And I looked up that word go, and you know what it means? It means to go. That means I'm not going backwards. I'm not returning to what held me captive. And here's the bottom line, and I, boy, do people get mad when I say this. So go ahead, go ahead and get mad now. 
and then you're out of the love walk. But here's the truth, the absolute truth. The reason a dog returns to its vomit, as the proverb says, is because they like the taste of the vomit. And the reason that a sow returns to wallowing in the mire is because they like the way it feels. So Jesus said, Tetelestai, it is finished. I've already delivered you. And here's why you're not free. You like the taste and the feel of the way you have been living. So go ahead, take off the clothes of offense and let it digest. I once had someone tell me, made me so angry. She was actually my Bible study leader. The half the group was on a diet. I'm not going to ask you who's, who's on a diet. And she said that the Holy Spirit said to her, a diet is a substitute for a spirit-controlled life. Ouch. I was on a diet at the time. Well, I didn't like that. I didn't like it at all. But if the fruit of the Spirit is self-control, then one thing we have to control, we have to control our appetite, we have to control our moods, we have to control our actions, our reactions, our responses. We have to control those things. And so what happens? Because Satan has traps all over the place. You know, the word for offense is the word scandalon, which means trap. It's so easy to get offended. I mean, I face that almost daily. It's all you have to do is get in traffic. I mean, when you're coming up, Randy was showing me how the, uh, whatever, I don't know, whatever they're doing on 281 now, which would be right outside. I, I see, isn't it wonderful how where 281 is finished? It's not wonderful where it's not finished. It's a process. And so, but when you're coming up, apparently he's showing me this high, how the highway is going to be. But for now, they have this cement barrier coming up on, on Marshall, which, by the way, is now Summit Church Road, but I don't think they've changed the sign yet. And so it looks to me like one lane. There's two cement walls, like on Star Wars, where they're going zoom, 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 zoom. There's these two cement walls, and it looks one lane. So last week, I just took the whole thing. And every horn in San Antonio went off on me. And I just thought, well, that's just offensive. I'm just trying to drive. But you do it. You tell me, that's not two lanes. Cars do not fit in those little lanes. However, you have to obey the rules, right? So on pages 45 through 47 of your book, if you were able to get one, Tiffany, there's none left, are there? There's a few left. Okay, so we did reorder a few last week, and there's a few left in the office, though. They're not out here. So if you haven't gotten one, then you can go to the church office and pick up one today or call and order it for $5. All right, so the first thing I want you to see is that power belongs to God. We talked about this last week. And so, but on pages 45 through 47, I gave you a lot of scriptures about God's love. You can renew your mind if you have struggles Believing God loves you. Get in the word of God. Speak it out of your mouth. Say it, say it, say it, say it. Read it, say it, hear it. Let your own ears hear your voice until, it, until faith arises. Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. So you've got to hear the word for faith to come. So the more you hear the word, the more faith will arise in you. So renew your mind. 
to the fact that God loves you with an everlasting love. So just a few scriptures on the power of God. Revelation 1, 5, and 6. To him whoever loves us and is once and for all loosed and freed us from our sins by his own blood and formed us into a kingdom, a royal race, priest to his God and Father, to him be the glory and the power, the majesty and the dominion throughout the ages forever and ever. Revelation 5, 12 and 13, saying in a loud voice, deserving is the Lamb who was sacrificed to receive all the power, riches, wisdom and might and honor and majesty. To him who is seated on the throne and to the Lamb be ascribed the blessing, the honor, the majesty, glory, splendor, and the power forever and ever. Revelation 12, 10, and I heard a strong voice in heaven saying, now it has come, the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the dominion of his Christ. Hallelujah. Revelation 19, 1, after this I heard what sounded like a mighty shout of a great crowd in heaven exclaiming, hallelujah, salvation and glory and power belong to our God. Revelation or Matthew 6, 13, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. I will remind you, Galatians 5, 6, if we are in Christ, circumcision, uncircumcision, in other words, your actions mean nothing but only faith that is activated, energized, and expressed and working through love. Tip, would you come turn off my phone, please? Because I thought I turned it off, but instead I turned it on. Brilliant. And so we see that all power belongs to the Lord and faith works through love. Now, I'm going to give an example of just daily walking. And I'm just telling you, I'm having things like this happening to me more and more frequently. So I have this tailor that I really like, and she's a little Korean. Now, I have checked with people that are very immersed in Korean culture. Typically, the culture is very formal. They're not very touchy-feely like some of us might be. They're, they're more formal, uh, sophisticated people. And so I've gone there for years, and, and uh, I always go there because she's never ruined my clothes and yet, and I've had quite a few that have. And so I had gone in, and she came walking out like this, and she's holding on. And her name's Kathy. And I said, Kathy, what's the matter? And she starts crying. And she starts going on and on. She goes, look at me. Now, this is a tiny, little, precious, petite woman, maybe 90, 95 pounds. But she looked nine months pregnant. I, I'm not exaggerating. She's swollen like this. And she pulled up her, her little pants. And she goes, look. And her ankles were probably about this big. And she said she'd been in the hospital and... And they couldn't help her. And her English is very broken, far superior to my Korean, I assure you. But, you know, you have to really listen to understand what she's saying. So she's trying to tell me what's happened. And, and she's just going on and on, and she's crying. And I reach across her desk, and I grab her hands, and I say, I'm going to pray for you. Now, sometimes I ask people, and sometimes I don't. <laughs> but in this case, I didn't. I felt that power, that anointing, the love of God for her come over me. And so I grabbed her hands and I started praying. And I looked at her. I said, you're going to be fine. And I walk out. And the next, and honestly, for about a week or so, I was going to call her because I just knew. I knew that power had gone forth for me. I knew she was well. 
So I go in the other day, and she comes out, and she is radiant. She's beautiful. Her tummy's fine. Her legs are fine. She's literally glowing. I said, Kathy, you look beautiful. You're well. Praise the Lord. And she reaches over and she grabs my hands. I mean, with the deepest affection. Now, remember, we're talking Korean. We're talking Asian culture here. And she looks me in the eyes and she said, thanks to you. And I said, oh, glory to God. Well, I noticed because, you know, I'm getting ready to turn 69 and I need cool. I don't need hot. And it was blazing in there. I mean, like... It was like walking into a, a very, very steamy sauna. I said, Kathy, what's wrong with the air conditioner in here? She goes, so she begins to tell me in her, her language, broken language, that um, the AC had been out and that the landlord refused to fix it. And that he said, you still have two years on your lease. If you want it fixed, you fix it. And she'd had three different companies out. And they all said it's, and it's apparently on the roof, and they all said it's so old that it can't be fixed. You, it needs a new unit. And she said it would be $15,000, and she said, I don't have it. I said, you wait a minute. Now, meanwhile, I hear somebody come in. I don't know who it is. I don't care. They're standing behind me, whoever it is. I mean, it could have been a monster for all I know. But I said, that is illegal. You do not own this place, and I am going off. And I said, you need an attorney. And it's like I felt a, a supernatural, shut your mouth and turn around. I turn around, and I said, are you an attorney? And there's this very tall, nice young man, and he started laughing. He goes, yes. I said, come on. Are you really? He goes, yes. I said, may I have your card? Because I want to make sure. He takes out his wallet, pulls out a card, and not only was he an attorney, but I recognized the name. And I said, do you, do you know what they're doing to her? And I was talking just like this. As you know, I'm very unemotional. <laughs> and so I go through the whole thing, and he's shaking his head. He goes, no. No, he goes, I've never heard of that. And he said, I need to see your lease. And I'm, you, you help her. I said, we're going to get this settled. <laughs> and so I leave her in good hands. Now, I want to ask you a question. What are the chances two times in a row that God, that, I, that this little Korean in this tiny little hot box that God would send me because he loves her to show forth his love. And from his love comes power. This should be every day. Things like this happen to me all the time. You just have to be willing and here's where the big insult comes in. Just get over yourself. Right? Isn't that what we have to do? Is just get over ourselves. Because the truth is, when you're sowing into other people, you don't have time to think about you. Anna just told me the sweetest thing. If I get this wrong, you can correct me because you're on the front row. 
And only the front row has permission to correct me. Her beautiful mother, Alice Flores, departed from heaven in December, right? Or was it November or December? Of November? But the funeral was in December. Yeah. So she departed for heaven in November of 2021. And so Anna had a birthday. What date was your birthday? June 9th. And so I sent her a card. I don't really know what I wrote. I just asked the Holy Spirit, you know, to say something encouraging to her. So her birthday's June 9th, but like so many people, she doesn't go to the mailbox. <laughs> but guess when she did? On her mother's birthday, right? Is that correct? And in the mailbox on her mother's birthday, and, and how many of you, you've buried somebody that you absolutely love with all your heart. And the year of first can be the hardest years, right? Your first, the first birthday, the first Christmas, the first Thanksgiving, the first of everything. I remember the first Father's Day when my daddy departed. And it was also Bonnie's too, wasn't it, Bonnie? And uh, that was the hardest for me, harder than any other holiday, was that first Father's Day. And I remember seeing her in church and, and, and Bonnie in Bonnie's way said, we need to hug. <laughs> and that was just so sweet. But so on her mother's birthday... She gets a card from me that I had sent two weeks before. And it was like a kiss from heaven. You see, only God does things like that. Just be willing. Just take time for somebody else. Take time to say, how are you? And mean it. I mean, don't you love it? Strangers go, how you doing? They don't care how you're doing. You drop dead. They don't care. When you say it, mean it. I don't even know where I am. Okay. <laughs> Romans 1. I'm going to show you power. Verse 16. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation. For everyone who believes, for the Jew first and for also for the Greek, for in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith as it is written. The just shall live by faith. And how does faith work? Through love. The gospel, that Jesus Christ came to earth in human form. He became a man. He lowered himself. I like to say he degraded himself. He took on humanity. And for three years, from ages 30 to 33, he demonstrated the perfect will of the Father. He said, I've come to do your will. And in doing the will of the Father, he healed, he delivered, he rescued, he provided, he brought resurrection power, he even raised the dead. In the will of the Father. Clearly the will of the Father. For years, I had been wanting to write a Bible study called Journey into the Heart of the Father. But I was never released to do it. Because more than anything, I've needed to know the heart of the Father. Because I had such a bad filter over a, what a, a father was like, and I transferred it to Heavenly Father. And I was finally, I've already started. Journey into the heart of the Father, and the subscript will be Jehovah. Because all that he revealed himself as is who he still is today. He said, I change not. I was having my nails done recently. 
And yeah, they actually, I need to go back. They really need him. And I'm sitting next to a lady in the nail shop. Did I tell this story last week? Okay. And um, we start talking. I always look for people to talk to because, you know, you never know when it's a divine opportunity. And so I start talking to her and um, we're talking, I think, I think my nail lady, we were talking about my grandchildren and she heard I had 10 grandchildren and she was, she sat back and she looked at me and she goes, well, you don't look old enough to have 10 grandchildren. I said, well, thank you. And, and I said, but I do. And she said, um, I said, do you have children? And she said, yes, I have two. And one lives in Tel Aviv. I said, Tel Aviv, wow. She said, yeah, she's married to an Israeli pilot. And she said, uh, I go to Israel twice a year. And I said, are you Jewish? She said, yes. She said, I'm a rabbi. I said, you're a rabbi? You're a woman. And she sa- I said, I didn't know that rabbis, women could be rabbis. She said, well, the, the reformed ones can. The orthodox, no, but the reformed ones can. And she said she was one of the rabbis at Aguda Sakim, which is a block away from me, actually. And so we start talking. Of course, I am into this by now. Man, I am into it. I'm talking about my studies in the Bible, and I'm telling her what Hebrew words mean. I am telling her. (laughs) This is when I get very dangerous. Very dangerous. And so I'm talking about Jehovah, and, and I said, you know, what is the correct pronunciation? And she said, well, too, in, Amer- in English, it would be Jehovah, but in Hebrew, it's Yehovah with a Y. And so I'm asking her about all these words. I said, I just love to study, and, and I'm just telling her about the primitive root words. And, and, and uh, I, I really annoyed her. I just want you to know that. But she gave me her phone number. So we'll see what comes of that. But love gives, love wins, it always wins. The gospel is the power of God. So for three years, he demonstrated, Jesus demonstrated the perfect will of God. Everything he did was the will of God. You never have to doubt what the will of God is for your life because just look at Jesus. And at the end of those three years, he willingly turned himself over to a criminal's death. He bore our sins transgressions, iniquities, sickness, disease, lack, poverty. He bore it. And on the cross, he yelled out with a a strong voice, it is finished, and the cross is the power of God. And all we need to walk in that power is to die to our sinful ways. I heard somebody recently say, just grieve me to the core. I'm telling you, I don't care if it's from the pulpit or on the TV or from an airplane. I couldn't care less. When somebody says something unbiblical, you want to talk about self-control, it takes everything in me not to stand up and correct them. And they said, oh, well, I sin every day, every single day. I am a sinner. Well, that's not scripture. Scripture is, I was a sinner. But he who knew no sin became sin on my behalf that I might be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And the apostle John, whom whom Jesus loved, the beloved of Jesus, who personally dubbed himself as God's favorite, said in the epistles of John, beloved, I write these things to you that you not sin. 
I think that's 1 John 2, 1. I think it is. But, there's a but. If anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he is the propitiation for our sins and not for ours only, but the whole world. So sin is not to be our lifestyle. And when you take up your cross and you deny, you deny your right to do whatever you want. You deny your right to think those bad thoughts. You deny your right to be touchy, fretful, resentful, selfish, and act unbecomingly, and be jealous and envious and all those things that love is not. You deny your right to do that. That's taking up your cross. That is dying daily. So that you stand before the accuser and he said, what do you plead? And you say, I plead the blood. And that means I am not guilty to tell us die. I will never live in that mindset. I'm just an old sinner saved by grace. If you think that, read Romans 3 and 4. Get a different view. Get a different view. I am washed. I am justified. I am sanctified. I'm redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. So, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God. So, Jesus died with all of that garbage. He was buried, spent three days in hell, marching the devil in front of all of his demons, parading him, disarming him of power, making a public display of him openly. And then he was raised by the power of God. And now he's put that resurrection power in all who believe, who have said, Jesus, forgive me for my sins. Come into my heart and be my Savior and my Lord. And take my life and fulfill your purpose. And he ascended into heaven to sit at the right hand of the Father. And he took all who believe with him. Again, Ephesians 2, 6. I renew my mind to that daily. I have been raised up and seated with him in the heavenly places. Far above all rule, authority, power, dominion, every name, name. Because you see, the devil wants us to wear those old clothes of bondage. Those old clothes of poor identity, misidentity. He's still stealing our identity. He's telling you that you are who you're not. It's a lie, 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 lie. Remember when we were kids, at least in my generation, liar, liar, pants on fire. But the truth is, John 8, Jesus said that the devil is a, is a liar and the father of lies. When he speaks a lie, he speaks of his own. He's incapable of anything but lies. Even when he quotes the word, and he will, he's going to leave something out or put something in it that's not there because he's a master of deception and dissection. For God so loved the world, you know this, John 3, 16, he gave his only begotten son. Love gives and love wins. But guess who else has power? 2 Thessalonians 2, 8 and 9. When the lawless one is revealed, whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth, that's the word of God, and destroy with the brightness of his coming. The coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan with all power, signs, and lying wonders. Satan can, he has power, especially when we give it to him. But with the believer, his greatest power is the power of deception. And he gets us to believe the power of deception through the power of accusation. Take off those filthy garments. Wear the garment of praise. 
Put on a garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness. Put on love. You see, Christians are put-ons, not fakes. You know, the, the word in Greek for hypocrisy means play actor. Play actor. No, I put on love because I choose to walk in the love of God. Luke 24, 49 and 50, the Lord said, I will send forth upon you what my Father has promised, but remain in the city until you are clothed with power. And then on, when Pentecost came, remember, the Lord sent them, 120 of them, and they're in the upper room. And, and Peter says to them, in just a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And in verse 8 of chapter 1 of Acts, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses. So we all have the power to witness. It's not just Sandy Ross going into the tailor shop and seeing this little Korean woman in pain and taking her heads and praying for her. And exalting Jesus, which I did. You know, you can say, Jesus loves you, Jesus loves you, Jesus loves you, Jesus loves you. I don't know if Abigail will remember this. Tell me, shake your head if you remember this. Where is Abigail? Did she leave? Oh, there you are. Yeah, okay. And, but you were a little girl. I remember when you used to sit in my back seat, and I would look in the rearview mirror, and I would say, I have the most beautiful picture in my rearview mirror. Do you remember that? Yes. And so we came to a corner, and it was a case where there was a, a very, very crippled, obviously crippled, could not pretend. And, and uh, I think it was cold. And they were begging. And so I took enough money out of my wallet to, to buy a lunch. And I rolled down the window, handed it to the person, and I told them that Jesus loved them. You see, you can, Jesus loves you, and do nothing to meet their physical needs. What kind of love is that? And then the light turned green, so I had to go. And I didn't say a word. She didn't say a word. Do you remember this, Abigail? And, but I remember sometime later, we were again in the car, and I was talking to her. And I said, Abby, you know that the Bible says that when you lend to the poor, you give to the Lord, and the Lord will repay you because he's no man's debtor. And she said, Mimi, is that why you gave money to that person that time? You see, our actions are always seen. You don't have to say anything and parade what you do. People see. Remember that old song, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. And so you know what happened in Acts 2? They're all, they're gathered together. And suddenly there was a sound from heaven. And by the way, this weekend, Rick starts a series on suddenlies. Don't miss it. If you don't go to church here, live stream it. Powerful, powerful, powerful messages because it is our season of suddenlies. And suddenly there was a sound from heaven like, like the roaring of a mighty windstorm. And it filled the house where they were sitting. And then what looked like flames of tongues of fire appeared and settled on each one of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them ability. And what was the first thing that happened when they were filled with power through the Holy Spirit? As they spoke in their native language, everybody heard them in their own language. And many were, were saved that day. You see, the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. 1 Corinthians 4.20, for the kingdom of God consists and is based not on talk, but power. Listen, moral power and excellence of soul. 
Acts 4.33, with great strength, ability, and power, the apostles delivered their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace rested richly upon all of them. Acts 6.8, now Stephen, full of grace and power, worked great wonders and signs and miracles among the people. What did they do for him? They stoned him, the first martyr. Why? Because he demonstrated the power of God. Remember Simon the sorcerer? He saw the miracles that were done in the name of Jesus. And when the apostles prayed for people, they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And Simon said, he gave them money. He offered them money to buy this power. He said, let me have this power too. And Peter said, may your money perish with you for thinking the gift of God can be bought. It cannot. And throughout the years, I've seen people try to buy well, how do you do that? Well, you try to buy the friendship, and you try to buy rub elbows. I'm telling you, I can smell insincerity three miles off. I mean, I can. And it's honestly, it's been a gift for me because it's protected me from insincere people. And you have that same ability as well. Acts 26, 18. God opens our eyes to turn from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God Here's what happens. So that they may receive forgiveness and release from their sins and a place and a portion among those who are sanctified by faith in Jesus. Romans 8, 13. If you are living according to the dictates of your flesh, you will die. But if through the power of the Holy Spirit, you are habitually putting to death the evil deeds prompted by the body, you will live. Let me tell you something. If you have a stronghold, if you have an area that you're struggling with today, go to Romans 8, 13 and say, Holy Spirit, I give you permission to put that stronghold to death in me. It says through the power of the Holy Spirit, you can put it to death. 1 Corinthians 1, 18 and 24. We who are being saved know it is the very power of God. The cross is the very power of God. But to those who are called by God to salvation, both Jews and Greeks, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. Over and over, we'd be here all day if I gave you all the scriptures on the power and the wisdom of God. In 1 Corinthians 12, 29 through 31, the apostle Paul asks, are we all prophets? Are we all teachers? Do we all have power to do miracles? Do we all have the gift of healing? Do we all have the ability to speak in unknown languages? Do we all have the ability to interpret unknown languages? Of course not. So you should earnestly desire the most helpful gifts, but let me show you a way of life that is best of all. And then he goes into 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter. You want power? I have news for you. 2 Corinthians 12, 8 through 10. Remember the messenger of Satan that came to Buffett Paul? And, and he asked God three times to please remove that thorn in the flesh. And the Lord said to him, my grace is sufficient, for my strength is made perfect in your weakness. You want the power of God? It's going to come through your weakness. The New Living says, my power works best in weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ can work through me. In Philippians 3.11, the Apostle Paul prayed, or 10 and 11, I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to suffer with him sharing his death, so that one way or another I will experience the resurrection from the dead. I want to close with a story. 
that uh, it began, I told you a story about Kathy, my tailor, and now this is a story about Kathy, my sister. I love it because Kathy means pure one. <clears throat> Most of you know that uh, about two years ago or so, she was diagnosed with metastatic breast cancer, and uh, that is a, a battle no woman ever wants to face. And it's been quite a journey. And so she's taking a treatment right now that causes extreme fatigue. And she had just left the treatment center and was at Nordstrom. And so I'm going to read you the story. And I want this to take you all back to lesson one. If you weren't here for that, you can go back on the podcast. You can go to summitsa.com and click on the media button, scroll down to the chosen app, and then you can go back to the very first session or on live stream, you can go to the first session. Because I talked about if you want to experience the exousias, the authority and the power of God, you have to change your clothes. You can't wear spiritual victim garments and beggar's garments and all those nasty garments, shame garments, fear garments, and experience the power and authority of God. And so in light of that, I want you to listen to the story. I was looking at beach hats at Nordstrom in hopes that I could find one for our upcoming beach trip. As I was Trying them on in front of the mirror, I heard someone behind me say, that one is my favorite on you. I turned around, and there was a sales lady who stood at least six feet tall and had quite the display of tattoos from her neck all the way down. Now, just let me stop to say, God works through tattooed people, through you older people, all right? In fact, we're going to see some of the mightiest people arising in the younger generation that are tattooed from the top of their head to the soles of their feet. So don't judge. Don't judge that enough holes to fill a golf course. You might lose your miracle if you do. And I remember thinking, I just want to look. I don't feel very social right now. Please don't try to sell me something. Her next comment was that she noticed one of the hats seemed a little snug on me, and I probably should try one that was a little bit looser. So without giving away too much information, I told her that I was wearing a wig and that my real hair was probably about two inches long. And I told her I preferred one that fit more snugly since it would fit more comfortably over my real hair. I didn't mention anything of what I had been going through. I simply stated the facts. What came out of her mouth from that point forward astounded me. She looked directly in my eyes and she said, you don't wear sickness. I was stunned. I said, did I say something about sickness? As I was truly baffled how she had a clue. She replied, no, you didn't. But the Spirit of the Lord told me so. I immediately got tears in my eyes because I knew I was stepping into a divine encounter. She said that she could tell I was a Christian when I opened my mouth to speak because I carry the joy of the Lord. Praise God for that, being that I was not in the most energetic mood. But then this got me the most. 
Since I have been going through this battle, I keep declaring before the Lord daily that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I keep saying you're the same Jesus, the same Jesus, the same Jesus. This declaration has become part of my daily prayer life. And then this lovely young woman said to me, notice how she went from tattooed to lovely. (laughs) The Lord has healed you and is healing you until you are whole again. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is the same Jesus who healed all who came to him when he walked the earth. He's not done with you yet. He's building your testimony, and you're not going anywhere. I almost fell to the ground. I asked her what she meant when she first greeted me with, you don't wear sickness. She simply said, with a lot of people who are sick, you know they're sick. They talk about their sickness all the time, and they wear it like a badge of honor, and it keeps them sick. You don't do that, and you don't have that, so you will get well. You don't wear sickness. I love how she never once said, you don't wear your sickness, because I would have had to correct her on that. It's as if she knew my choice vocabulary and exactly what I needed to hear. I just had that second, I had just had that second round of injections of my current treatment an hour earlier, and they once again made me feel poorly. On the first round of injections, I felt sleepy and sluggish and even a bit dizzy. However, all of that lifted at once from me when she spoke life over me the way she did. I called Sandy, and I was full of joy and energy, and she was. I mean, she sounded honestly drunk. I mean, she was just laughing and giddy. She said, I had a flashback of how I used to feel before all of this started, and it was wonderful. I believe it was a glimpse of what is at hand and what is to come. What a wonderful experience that I will not easily forget. Thanks be to my loving, giving, long-suffering, miracle-working, promise-keeping, mighty God. Amen. In Colossians 1.11, Paul prayed that you would be invigorated and strengthened with all power according to the might of his glory, to exercise, listen, every kind of endurance and patience with joy. You see, when you think of power, you immediately think of miracles. And hey, that's part of it, absolutely. But what good is it if you're depressed all the time, if you refuse to endure, if you're impatient, if you will not persevere? Because that's true power. That's true power. His is the kingdom, the power, the glory. His power is perfected in our weakness. We don't like that. But that's how he shows himself the strongest. At some of my darkest, lowest times, times when nobody but me knew the suffering and the struggle I was going through. Nobody but me knew how darkness was trying to overtake me and to take me out and make me quit and give up and doubt. And at those darkest moments is when that dunamis power shows up in the presence of the Lord. Not in the presence of my busyness, but in my favorite time of day. The day, time when just Jesus and me and my Bible and my journal and a cup of coffee. And I'm immersed in his love. Because in his love, his power. Let's pray. Lord, I ask you to immerse everybody in the sound of my voice. Even now, Lord, with the power of your love.
that they would know the length and the height and the depth, the width of the love of God which surpasses knowledge, that you would fill them to all the fullness of God, and that they would have the richest measure of the divine presence and become a body wholly filled and flooded with you. Thank you that this is your will. It is truth. Give us the capacity to receive in your fullness, Lord. That as we submit to the power of the cross and the resurrection, as we submit to that, it will be the power of God unto the salvation of many. And Lord, I pray that every one of us every day will have Kathy encounters. Those in which we minister and those times where we're ministered to. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thanks again for joining us. If you enjoyed the podcast, subscribe and share it with a friend. You can hear more messages by visiting chosenessay.com. Be sure to follow us at Chosen Essay on Facebook and Instagram.